Davis drove down tonight to be with us, and uh, we're always glad to see him uh, when he can come down. And other people that stop in to visit from time to time, uh, we appreciate that. We're uh, praying about getting the bus started back, uh, but we're going to have to have some, some help. able and capable uh, wants to help with that uh, we could use a little help we'll, I was hoping to get it started back first Wednesday night in May uh, talk to Brian then about Don't mean their pastor ain't been teaching it. Uh, just because he teaches it, don't mean they they've been getting it. And uh, yeah. In the rapture, not before the rapture. Uh, at least right now, that's the plan. Uh, it's worse. We might be hoping we're gone before it. Uh, but either way, here, there, in there, uh, we'll get there sooner or later. Uh, amen. 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 All right. Revelations 11 and verse uh, number. Uh, see, verse number seven. And when they shall have finished their testimony, of course, for those that are visiting tonight. Uh, the last time we met, a couple of weeks ago, we learned there at the beginning of Revelation 11 that God's going to send two witnesses uh, during the tribulation time. And uh, there's only three people that is usually considered to be uh, two of the three. Uh, one of them is uh, Enoch, and the other one is uh, Elijah, and the other one is Moses. And, of course, we took uh, quite a bit of time to try to prove to you that the uh, that I believe the Bible teaches it's going to be Moses and Elijah. And a lot of people think it's Enoch because they go to Hebrews 9:27, where the Bible said it's pointed unto man once to die. And they make that a general statement. Uh, but there is a man in the Bible that didn't die, Enoch. And they say that's got to be Enoch because he's the only man that never did die. But if you make that man Enoch, you destroy the only type of the rapture in the Old Testament. Uh, Enoch's the only man. Elijah was uh, was carried away uh, also, but uh, we know Elijah come back in Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration, and we know that Elijah's going to die. Uh, but if you make it uh, 
uh, Enoch, then you don't have any type of the rapture in the Old Testament. Enoch was translated that he wouldn't see death. The Bible said he walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. It was just a kind of an immediate thing, a rapture. And uh, so you do harm to uh, to the Bible if you make uh, make that person to be him. So we know there, God's going to have two witnesses, powerful witnesses during the uh, tribulation period. God always has a witness. Uh, no matter uh, when the before the church was here, God had the prophets. Uh, when the church got here and during this time, God has us. Uh, after the church is gone, God has 144,000 uh, and these two witnesses. After they're gone, God has some angels flying through uh, preaching the everlasting gospel. So God always has uh, a witness. Uh, so the, the world's never without a witness. It's The world is just without people to listen to the witness. But they're going to have a powerful ministry uh, they're going to be able to call down fire, it says there in verse uh, 5. And uh, it talks about they can shut up the heavens. And uh, we know that Elijah uh, called down fire in the Old Testament book of Kings. Uh, we know that uh, Moses turned the water to blood. Uh, so these are just uh, too hard to overlook these statements as to who these two witnesses are. Now, the thing I want to remind you of, and I haven't done it so because I haven't been here last week, a uh, couple of weeks we had different things going on, but you need to remember that everything, nothing in the book of Revelations has happened yet. Uh, COVID is not in Revelations. Uh, nothing in there has happened yet, uh, and nothing in there will happen the only thing that has happened in Revelations would be in the letters to the churches, chapters uh, 2 and 3. Uh, but the church is raptured in chapter 4 and verse 1. The, uh, the wording is so, uh, you can't mess it, the wording is so close to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, you would have to connect it uh, with the rapture of the church. And so the, nothing, nothing from chapter 5 all the way to the end of the book has happened yet, no matter what people tell you. They say, well, this is the mark of the beast, or that's the mark of the beast. No, none of that's happened yet. can't happen until after the rapture of the church. There may be some things that are going on that look a whole lot like it. And there's some things going on that we can look at and we can start to see how it's going to be like that. Uh, but nothing, nothing has happened yet. Um, People worry about uh, the mark of the beast and the, the number 666. Sometimes people will get gas and it will come up on 666 and they'll go another number, 7 or 8, uh, you know, superstitious or whatever. But that number means nothing until it's connected with the Antichrist. Uh, once it's connected with the Antichrist, then that's a different story. Uh, but right now, uh, it don't mean anything. So nothing... Uh, has happened from chapter 5 all the way to the end of the book. Uh, the church is going to be raptured in chapter 4. Uh, we're going to be up in up with the Lord. Uh, we're going to be, according to chapter 4, we're going to be resting up there. The Bible talks about they're seated. seated. We're going to be resting. We're going to be worshiping. And during that seven-year period of time, we're going to be going through the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, that's when the church is going to be judged 
uh, while the tribulation is going on down here. Uh, so uh, we come along here, and, uh, and these two witnesses, God has given them a certain amount of time, and uh, they've been witnessing everything. And we know that uh, we're in the, we're in the, uh, we know we're in the, the last part because Antichrist is now in power. Uh, we know that because uh, the Bible tells us here, uh, and uh, said, uh, verse 7, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast ascendeth out of the bottomless pit, shall make war against them, shall overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, which also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindred and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in the graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, make merry, and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. The same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake was slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe was past. Behold, the third woe cometh quickly. Uh, and the second, seventh angel sounded, and there was a great voice in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come, because Thou hast taken to Thee Thy great power and hast reigned. The nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give rewards unto thy servants, the prophets, to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there was lightnings, and voices, and thunder, and an earthquake, and great hail. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, for being able to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, Lord, we thank so often, Lord, about our our brothers in Christ in China, and uh, Lord in uh, in Iraq and other places. That if they got to do what we is doing tonight, they'd think they'd already died and went to heaven. And uh, Father, we realize that our afflictions have been so light, uh, Lord, on the church in America. Uh, but Lord, we still realize that Lord, you put us here. We didn't ask to be put here. It's what you where you put us, and we've been brought forth to the kingdom for such a time as this. And uh, help us to have discernment of the time that we might know what we ought to do. Bless all that's come out tonight. Those that are listening by way of the internet, God make us soul conscious, eternity conscious, uh, more than what we are. And uh, bless your people tonight. And all that's on the grounds here tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Uh, the Bible says here in verse 8, And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of that great city, 
which uh, spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord is crucified. Now, uh, the verse to me anyways is somewhat suggestive in how it's worded. It says their bodies, uh, their bodies. So it seems to give a strong indication uh, to something different here when it says their bodies are laying in the streets there. And uh, we know that during the uh, during the tribulation, we know that the means of execution is going to be what? The right, the guillotine. Where do we get that from? Well, we get it from uh, chapter 6. Uh, we get it over there. The Bible says, uh, verse 11, And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were. Notice that. It, uh, it, it's, it's different there. It's, it's, God's trying to tell us something there, that they should be killed as they were. Look in chapter 11, or chapter 12 and verse 11, and the Bible says, uh, talking about tribulation saints, and they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony that they loved not their lives unto death, we left the word out. The death. It's a special kind of death that they're going to go through. Look in Revelations 20 and we'll get it plain there. Revelations 20 and verse 4. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded. So there's a great possibility uh, that these two witnesses are going to be beheaded. As I said, I believe it's Moses and Elijah. And, uh, and John the Baptist was a type of who? He came in the spirit of who? Elijah. Elijah. You know what happened to John the Baptist? He got his head cut off. In Matthew 14, uh, the Bible said in verse 3, For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake his brother Philip's wife. And John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her, bold preacher. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet, which he was. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here, John the Baptist's head and a charter. He talked about a, a, a wicked woman there. It's a wicked woman. So John loses his head. Who comes in the spirit and the power of Elijah? He loses his head because of a woman. Because of a woman. It's also going to be a woman tied in with these, uh, these uh, witnesses losing their head. And she's in Revelation 17, verse 4, or verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman set upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet-colored, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations of filthiness of the flesh. Uh, look at verse 6. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and the blood 
of the martyrs of Jesus. That's that, uh, that's that harlot. Uh, I think it's a Catholic church, but you don't have to agree with me. But uh, it's false religion for sure. Uh, and ever what false religion it is, it's the mother of all uh, all the harlots, the Bible said. Uh, so, yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Used to all the preachers that was Bible preachers of any sort, used to all them taught it was the Catholic Church. They only changed that in the last few years. And John Hagee used to preach it was a Catholic Church until he preached that on live television. They come against him pretty strong and he apologized and changed his message. Uh, but uh, like Brother Eddie said, I don't know anybody else that'll fit the bill there. Uh, I don't know of anybody that'll fit that bill. So how the two witnesses possibly killed by the Antichrist are beheaded? Uh, our scriptures are Revelation 6, 11, uh, Matthew 14, 6, 8, and 11, Revelation 17 and 3, uh, Matthew 14 and 8, and Revelations 20 and 4. All right, the Bible said, uh, Their bodies shall lie in the streets of that great city. That great city. What makes this city so great? Exactly, it's in the verse. It's right there at the end of the verse. Where also our Lord was crucified. Uh, not only uh, the emphasis on that, which is, which is what makes it great, not only was it crucified there, but He arose from the dead in that vicinity. And not only that, we wouldn't have a Bible if it wasn't for that area there. Uh, all of the Bible is connected with that area. And... Uh, and so uh, that's exactly right because it was the city where our Lord was crucified. Now the Bible said it would spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. Sodom and Egypt. So we're talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I never noticed it to Bill Grady pointed it out one time when he was here uh, that right in the middle of Jerusalem you have USA. And I never noticed that Brother Grady pointed that out because we're tied closely uh, with them. Uh, but here, the Lord don't call it uh, Jerusalem. Here He calls it Sodom and, Sodom and Egypt. Sodom and Egypt. Uh, why does the Lord call it Sodom and Egypt? Any idea? Yes. Uh, he calls it Sodom and Egypt because of how worldly it's become and because of the sexual sins that are prevalent there, and uh, and uh, you know, just because something great and holy happened to a place, don't mean there can't be something bad and sinful in that place as well. Uh, you know, the Lord was crucified there. He was holy. He lived a perfect life for thirty-three years. Uh, he rose from the dead there. The prophets were from most of the area around there. Bible comes from that area. But probably one of the most wicked places in the world is right there in that area. Uh, and uh, and it's going to be even more so when it gets connected with the Antichrist. And one of the reasons it's so wicked is because no place on planet Earth is hated anymore by the devil 
than Israel and Jerusalem. Uh, he's always hated. Uh, the Lord uh, Job is a type uh, of uh, the Jew in the book of Job. Uh, why? Because they started out greatly blessed like Job was. Uh, they, uh, the Lord asked the devil, he said, Have you considered my servant Job? In the Old Testament, Israel's referred to as God's servant many times. And, uh, and the devil had a hatred toward Job, but he couldn't get to him unless God would let him. And uh, same way with Israel. Uh, he couldn't do anything to Israel. You remember Balaam wanted to curse him, and he said, I can't curse who God's blessed. Uh, he couldn't do anything unless God allowed it. Job suffered on the ground. Or Job suffered through the book of Job. There's 42 chapters in the book of Job, and he suffers in all of them. 42, that's how many months there is in the last half of the tribulation. And Israel is going to suffer on the ground for 42 months, just like Job. God had a uh, God loved them, but the devil hated them because God loved them, and uh, and so the Lord has come from this area here, and the devil has a hatred for it, and now he has somebody to really push his agenda, the Antichrist, and all those that follow him, and uh, so the Lord calls it Sodom and Egypt, very wicked place, and uh, also we must remember their hatred for Jesus Christ and their rejection of Him. A missionary I met somewhere in a Bible conference, I can't remember where it was, it hadn't been that long ago, but he was a missionary to Israel. And I was shocked when he got up and, and gave his report. And he said a lot of people have this mindset of the Jew and Israel, they have this mindset of all of them down there at the temple wall praying, and uh, all of them, uh, following, living out the Old Testament. And he said, nothing has ever been farther from the truth. He said, most of them never go to the Wailing Wall. Most of them do not, uh, do not attend any type of uh, religious temple services or any other type of services. And uh, most of them have not much regard for the things of God. Amen. Now, uh, we know right now uh, we're friends of Israel. We need to be because God said He'd bless those that bless them. But but Israel has no they have no time for Jesus Christ uh, right now they will have right now they've got a veil over them they're blinded uh, but they have no interest at all uh, unless it's connected with them somehow they can get a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Egypt because of how worldly and sinful it's come. Sodom because of the sexual sins. The, uh, the, largest, uh, the largest gay pride beach party in the world takes place at Tel Aviv. 200,000 in attendance every year. Uh, so the Bible's right on target when it calls them uh, calls them Sodom and Egypt. And our time frame makes it even worse. Antichrist is in power. He's not in power right now, but boy, he's getting close. Uh, he may even be alive today, uh, but he's getting close. And you see what agenda is being pushed more than any other agenda is the gay agenda. Uh, homosexuality, same-sex marriage. Uh, all of that's being pushed more than any other thing. Now look in Daniel 11. 
Daniel 11 and verse number 37, speaking of the Antichrist, the Bible says, Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. So the Antichrist, it looks like, might very well be gay, homosexual itself. Uh, and I, I tie that in too. And I don't think I'm too far off over in uh, uh, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, the Bible says the latter times. Notice that it doesn't say the last days. It says the latter times. The latter times are, are getting almost to the end. And the Bible said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Watch this. Forbidding to marry. I personally take that to mean forbidding to marry in what God calls marriage in the Bible. Uh, Brother Walt Ziegler told me years ago, and at the time I thought, nah. But he said, one of these days they'll pass a law that you can't have one of these. A King James Bible. You can have some others. They push their agenda. But he said, one day they'll pass a law against the King James Bibles. People have been hunted down and killed for it once before. Uh, back when it first came out. Uh, so, uh, so Jerusalem is called uh, Egypt and Sodom. It's worldly. It's because of sexual sins. Uh, it has to do with Daniel eleven thirty seven and First Timothy four verses one through three. All right, we're playing. Yes, sir. I'm not sure about that, brother Brian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I've always heard that the Dome of the Rock is sitting right where the temple needs to be built. But I read something uh, in some prophecy stuff not too long ago, and it said there was enough room beside it to build the temple uh, there. So uh, they may get to keep both of them, and that may be something to do with how the Antichrist brings in that seven-year peace treaty that he breaks after three and a half years. Uh, so... Uh, so we realize Antichrist is in power here. Things look different. They look different. When the wicked are in authority, the people mourn. I've never seen so many mourning people in my life uh, in America right now. Uh, they're mourning. Why? Because of what's happening to our country. What's happening uh, to uh, to the things of the Lord. And uh, and so they're mourning right now. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Uh, amen. That's people that know God, of course. And uh, so the Bible says uh, that uh, that uh, verse 9, And they of the people and kindreds... Well, let me back up. I think I missed a verse here. He said, uh, And when they shall have finished their testimony... I like that. I want to underline that. Did you know God cannot do anything, the devil can't do anything, won't be allowed to do anything with you until you're able to finish your job that God's given you to do. Uh, 
The Bible said these testimonies, they're done. They finished their testimony. They got their job done. And so the Lord says, okay, you can do what you got to do now. They've done what I want them to do. Job 7 and 3, the Bible said, Is not there an appointed time of man upon the earth? Doeth not he spend his days as a hireling? In other words, it's like all of us have got something God wants us to do. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, and I think if we're doing it, God makes sure we stay around till we get it done. Amen. Now, if we won't do what God wants us to do, the Lord might say, well, we might well take them home. They ain't going to do their job anyway. Uh, so that's why I think it's better to, if you know what God wants you to do, do it the best you can do it. Uh, all you can do is try. God didn't say you had to be the best at it, or He didn't say you had to win the most, or you had to be the smartest, or had to have the biggest. Uh, God just wants you to do what He wants you to do. And be faithful at it. The Lord bless you for it. Amen. Uh, so he said, When they had finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them. And we're not used to this here. And he says, And shall overcome them and kill them. We're not used to that in church age. Uh, in the church age, somehow or another, God always pulls us through, and somehow or another, we always win. That's how you know this time's different. Uh, the day of grace is over. The church is gone. It's not the church age anymore. It's the tribulation period. Things are different. They're not the same. And if you try to make the book of Revelations the same way as it is in the church age, you're going to have some big problems because they're not the same. Just like the Old Testament is not the same as the New Testament. Uh, the Bible said grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Uh, but before that, it was the law and the prophets. Go ahead, brother. Used to, they didn't want you to make them do it. Now they don't want you to make them do it, but they don't want you to do it either. Uh, that's where it's headed right now. And a very, very difficult time the church is in uh, right now. A lot of discouragement among the people of God and and the preachers. Uh, but uh, it's going to be even worse here uh, during this time here. So the Bible said they finished their testimony to the beast, which is Antichrist, we might say, out of the bottomless pit, shall make war against them and shall overtake them and kill them. Now watch this. The United States went at war with uh, uh, Iraq, and uh, we were supposed to be in war with Afghanistan for the last 40 years. Uh, went at war at Vietnam. When we, when we think about somebody going to war, we think about going against a nation. But here the Antichrist goes to war against two people. Two men. That's how powerful they were. That's how powerful they were. The world has really, I know we get nervous and we're scared of the world, but the world has always been more afraid of the people of God than what you realize. Uh, it's all through the Bible. Uh, when they come to arrest Jesus Christ, they, instead of bringing one man to identify him and one man to cuff him, they brought 600 people with swords and staffs. 
when they put Peter in prison, they put four quadrants of soldiers outside to watch him. The world's always been scared to death, uh, as much so of us as we are of them. I heard Sam Gipp one time in a preacher's conference about 20 years ago, and he said ever since I was a boy, he said, I remember hearing him talking about them concentration camps they're building in the United States to put Christians in. He said, after I got to be a man, he said, one day I was sitting at a table, and he said there was, they was uh, two sinners over there talking, and they said, you know, I heard the church is building camps to put us in. And uh, so uh, they they just as scared us as we are them. First time that was really, really revealed to me, we was going on visitation on Thursday night. We all met at Shoney's for going to eat, I think, before we went. And uh, you say, what would you do that for? You get a lot more people go out if you eat first. And uh, so we was going to meet there and eat, and I got there early, and I pulled up, and there was about 20 motorcycle Hells Angels type guys there pulling up on motorcycles. And I pulled up and shut my car off, and the Lord said, you want to go witnessing, do you? I swallowed real hard, got my hand full of tracks, and, and I went over there, and I tried to pass them out, and Men didn't want them. They just got off and left, just uh, saying some not nice things and just going off. But the women that were on the back of the motorcycles with them, they walked off too, but a couple of them turned around and come back and asked for a track. Uh, but I seen then that day, the Lord spoke to me, and He said, You see, you was intimidated to them, but they're just as much intimidated to you as you was them. them. One thing I've been praying for a long time now, I've been praying God to help me not be intimidated by anybody except Him. Amen. Anybody except Him. Because He's all that matters anyway. Amen. Amen. So uh, so the Antichrist, is He's going to come make war with them. He's going to kill them and uh, probably behead them. Uh, we can't say for sure, but all the Scriptures seem to be it might be like that. And their dead bodies shall lie the streets of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people in kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies. How long? Three and a half days. They stay there a half day longer than Jesus did. He's always first. Uh, amen. Uh, the Bible says He went a little farther. And uh, he's the first fruits of the resurrection. He's the only one, the first one that ever rose from the dead that never did die again. And oh, by the way, on that business of it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment, what about Lazarus? He died twice. So if you make that a general statement, there's others like that in the Bible uh, that died twice. Uh, So uh, something to think about. Okay, they're going to lay there three and a half days uh, laying in the streets. Now, uh, we just all been watching this thing with uh, uh, George Floyd. We've all been watching that. And uh, we've seen, you know, what happened there. Yeah, over and over again. Terrible thing, really. Uh, But uh, they said what won the trial was they played that for nine minutes. Uh, You know, nine minutes don't seem very long, but if if you're sitting there and you're having to watch this thing take place for nine minutes, it'll seem like an eternity. They said that's what won that trial. Uh, was that they 
they were showed that the very first thing and it made such an impression on them. My point is we couldn't hardly stand to watch that for nine minutes. See how different times are. They probably cut these witnesses' heads off and they lay in the street three and a half days. No regard for human life. No no dignity, no regard for dead bodies. You see, in our kind of a day, we, you know, we have some regard for a dead body. We think everybody ought to get uh, a decent burial, and uh, no matter who they are, and because uh, we still got a little regard for for human life and the human body. But during the tribulation time, the Antichrist is reigning. Uh, chaos is worldwide, lawlessness, we got some now, Matthew 24 said lawlessness would abound, and it, we got a lot of it now, but it's not abounding like it's going to during the tribulation, but there will be no regard, I mean people walk by a dead body in the street and step on it, they won't even think nothing about it, that's the kind of time that's going to be during that time. That's why I don't understand these people that are not saved that will want to take a chance on having to face something like that Amen. Uh, when there's no reason for it. Amen. Uh, but uh, the Bible says that uh, they're going to lay in the streets. I remember when I first started preaching uh, 40 years ago, I remember being at a church, General Baptist preacher, and he was the first one ever brought this out back then because uh, there was a time people would read the Bible and they couldn't figure out how that was going to be. Uh, how could... How could they lay in the streets and, and all the world see them? How could they do that? Well, they couldn't do that until the invention of the television and the camera and now the uh, social media and cell phones and all that. Why, we don't even think twice about it. We know exactly. We, every day in our life, our phone beeps and we look and somebody's killed somebody on the other side of the world and we're watching it. Uh, so that's, that's no problem at all. And uh, you know, there's some parts of the Bible that you can't understand right now. And the reason you can't understand them right now is because what's going to have to happen to fulfill that verse of Scripture hadn't been invented yet. So, just because you can't understand it don't mean it ain't true. Uh, so, they're going to lay in the street for three and a half days and then there's this strange reaction from the world. The Bible says, And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, make merry, shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. Did you know that a Bible-believing Christian, a Bible-preaching preacher, a Bible-preaching evangelist, did you know their torment to the unsaved world? Their torment to them. And they see these prophets and they're telling Jesus is coming back. You better get right. You better get right with God. He's going he's to judge the world. He's going to destroy all this. And that's torment to them uh, because they know it's true. Uh, I'll tell you where's a verse that will kind of bring that out over in the book of Philippians. Uh, Philippians, there's a verse over there in chapter 1. In verse 27, the Bible said, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, 
that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And watch this verse. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdiction. In other words, every time they see you, they are reminded, I'm going to hell. Every time they hear a gospel sermon, they're reminded, I'm, I'm going to hell. If I don't get saved, if I'm not saved, I'm going to hell. So uh, that's what's going on there. So a strange thing, these two witnesses die and they have a, I call it a satanic Christmas. You see how opposite it is? Uh, December rolls around, 23rd, 25th, 24th. We send gifts to each other because somebody was born. Because somebody was born, somebody lives. The world's right the opposite. They send gifts. We send, we send gifts because somebody holy and righteous and godly lives, was born. The world sends gifts because somebody holy, righteously, and godly has been killed and laying in the streets for three and a half days. Three and a half days. Strange thing. I don't wonder what kind of gift they'd send one another. I don't know. Upside down cross or Bibles, no pages in it or satanic Bibles or what? Did you ever see a satanic Bible? Uh, I was down in the uh, mall years ago at Christmas, the bookstore down there, and uh, they had an occult section. And I walked over there, they had a satanic Bible. And uh, and I picked it up. I didn't read a whole lot in it, but it didn't take me long to see that that everything that this Bible says, the Satanic Bible, was just the opposite. Like our Bible says, men ought always to pray and not faint. The Satanic Bible said, praying is a waste of time. It does no good. You should go out and do what you're praying about instead of praying to somebody that ain't here and ain't going to never do it. And our Bible says don't kill. Their Bible says kill. And it was just everything was opposite. And that's the way the devil is. Everything that we're for tonight as God's people and as a church, the world's against. The true church of God is, is against abortion and couldn't be against it any other way. Couldn't stand any other way on it. Uh, the world's for it. The true church, because of the Bible... It says it's an abomination for a man to lie with a man or a woman to lie with a woman. Uh, we're against that. The world's for it. Their, their Supreme Court just okayed it and said it's all right. Uh, so anything God's people are for, the world is against. Uh, used to, I, I took a different view of Christmas. Used to. Uh, but after the world started coming out against these manger scenes and wanting to call it... Uh, uh, what well, well they call it, uh, Eximus, and then they got another name for it. I uh, uh, forget what it is. I got to saying, wait a minute. If the world is that much against it, God must be for it. And so, even though there's a lot of uh, commercialism, things that that uh, that go into it. I now look at it as any time we have any kind of a day that we can magnify the Lord and yeah. lift the Lord up, that we need we need to do it. Yeah. We need to do it. Amen. Uh, same with Thanksgiving. So, uh, so they send gifts to each other. 
And uh, but after three days and a half, something about that three days in the Bible. You ever know notice that? I've been in the hospital a lot of times with a somebody's had major surgery and the doctor come in the room and I said, How are they doing, Doc? And he said, Well, so today's the second day, third day of tell a story. Third day of tell a story, how they're doing. A lot of things in the Bible, if you just went through the Bible and just marking all the things that happened on the third day around that time. So here, it's three and a half days, and when they see this happen, of course, they're shocked. They're, uh, they're scared uh, because you got these people that are laying laying in the street, probably beheaded, their heads probably not far from their body, and their bodies are starting to swell up, and the flies are swarming them. And they've been watching them for three and a half days, and all at once, the Spirit of life from God enters into them. And the Bible said they stand up, and I think their head comes back on, and maybe they get their glorified body, and, and they start ascending. Now, the Bible doesn't say they're translated. That's interesting. The Bible said they begin to ascend like Christ did. And they begin to ascend on a cloud like Christ did. The Bible said they ascended in a cloud. So they got to watch them as they, as they go up. They have, they have to watch them. And uh, you say, well, Brother Rick, I don't know. I just can't believe this stuff that somebody with their head cut off and they've been laying in the street three and a half days and I just can't believe they could be raised up. Well, it's no problem. They're only there three and a half days. Lazarus was in there four days and already stinking. And God raised him up. Amen. And if that ain't enough for you, in 2,000 years, the Lord's coming back for the church and everybody in the graveyard that the worms have done eat their body, Amen. they've done rotted, they've done gone, everybody in the graveyard that's been laying there for 2,000 years, the Lord's going to say, come up hither, and they're going to all get up at saved. Uh, so it won't be any problem for the Lord to raise these two witnesses up. And uh, and it just goes back, you see, the Lord really does always win in the end. You may go through a little period of time that it looks like God's lost control. This thing ain't going to turn out right. But you can't find any place in your Bible where it don't turn out right. Amen. Uh, sometimes it takes a while, but God always works it out. Amen. 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 So the Lord raised them up. That's encouraging. Verse 12 said, They heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up in a cloud, and their enemies uh, beheld them. Only three times in the Bible, we've covered this, but only three times in the Bible, does that phrase occur, come up hither? Uh, only three times that that occurs. Uh, one of them's in Proverbs. That's your Old Testament saints. Uh, you, you say, when did they come up? When Christ rose from the dead, the Bible said, they that slept in the grave. They were the, they were the first fruits. First fruits, when you plant your garden, you'll start getting a few tomatoes along. That's your first fruits. First Corinthians 15, Resurrection chapter says the first fruits. Uh, the, uh, the first fruits. And then you get your main harvest. That'll be the rapture of the church. That's First Thessalonians 4 and Revelations 4 and 1. And then you got it here. 
And this is your tribulation saints. We ain't going to get into it tonight. I'm over time now. But that's your tribulation saints that will be raptured right at the end of the tribulation. So you have three resurrections. You have your Old Testament saints when Christ rose from the dead. He rose first and then they arose with Him. Then you have your church which is the main harvest. There's more people saved in the church age than there will be in the tribulation. I know that goes against what a lot of people teach. But just think about this. Do you think more people are going to be saved during an Antichrist reign in seven years than there's going to be saved in an age of grace in 2,000 years? No way. The church is the main harvest and then you got the gleanings and that's just those that you pick up going through the tribulation. Well, we better stop right there tonight. Y'all sure have been good to teach to tonight. And uh, I appreciate you coming. Uh, all right, anybody have a word or testimony or anything tonight? I'd like to thank the Lord Savior, Brother Rick. He's talking about being a toy man. I remember an old man.